Lord is a shelter in the time of storm. Amen. The Lord's our rock, in him we hide, a shelter in the time of storms. Your whatever ill be tied, a shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a shelter in the time of storm. A shade by day, defense by night, a shelter in the time of storm. No fears alarm, no foes affright. A shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a shelter in the time of storm. The raging storms may round us beat, a shelter in the time of storm. We'll never safe retreat, a shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a shelter in the time of storm. On the last, oh, rock divine, oh, refuge dear, a shelter in the time of storm. Thou art held forever near, a shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a shelter in the time of storm. Amen. And grab hold of your Bibles and turn to page 633. Page 633, hold the fort. Now, if you're not familiar with this song, in the end, right by the chorus, when it says, wave the answer back to heaven, you grab, grab your Bibles and wave it because this is the only answer we have, amen? Got it in God's written word, 633. Oh, my comrades, see the signal waving in the sky. Reinforcements now appearing, victory is nigh. Hold the fort, for I am coming. Jesus, signal still, get ready. Wave the answer back to heaven by thy grace. We will see the mighty host advancing, Satan leading on. Mighty men around us falling, courage almost gone. Hold the fort, for I am coming, Jesus, signal still. Wave the answer back to heaven, by thy grace we will. See the glorious banner waving near the trumpet call. In our leader's name we triumph over every foe. Hold the fort for I am coming, Jesus, signal still. Wave it, 
to 515 515 we need to stay near the cross amen near the cross 515 Jesus keep me near the cross there the precious fountain free to all a healing stream from Calvary's mountain in the cross in the cross be my glory ever till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river near the a trembling soul love and mercy found me there the bright and morning star sheds his beams around me in the cross in the cross be my glory prayer list if you need one. Uh, wave your hand there and Brother George will get you one. We had 87 
this morning. And uh, I like Brother George's counting. That worked out really well. Um, and so we'll praise the Lord for that. Two first-time visitors. The uh, basement uh, is ready for the tapers to get here, and they're coming tomorrow. And so uh, just a few little things. Um, want to also just praise the Lord, let you know that for the month of February, uh, we've had one of the best missions giving months in our history in spite, in spite, in spite, in spite of the great snow. I'm trying to say spite and snow at the same time, and it's coming out smite. But uh, in spite of the great snowstorm of 2006, that was the best worship blizzard I've ever been through. Amen. Uh, I mean, we had all that snow on Sunday, and by Wednesday, uh, it was like it never snowed. And uh, so... We uh, praise the Lord for that. We've had a great missions offering. Now, don't relax, all right? Uh, I'm preaching to the choir here, the, the people who give to missions. We praise the Lord for everyone that does, and let's just um, keep at it. Uh, we've also found an apartment for candy, and that's been something we've been praying about. And uh, it looks like she'll be comfor very comfortable. And guess what? It's just a few blocks from the church. So we praise the Lord right over on 42nd Street. Um, it's not the most spacious place in the world, but uh, it, it will work. And uh, so we praise the Lord for that. Any other praises to add to the list? Uh, Brother Ted. Okay, amen. Peter? Okay. Finally, he's getting full 40-some hours a week, so. All right. Praise the Lord. Julia. This afternoon, and uh, backstage over there, we talked a little bit to one of the other teachers, a young man. And um, he said, I have a lot of questions. And I said, well, our pastor says, you know, you have questions, we have answers. And, and he was very interested in meeting with pastor. And one thing he said that was kind of interesting, he said, I'm almost ready to believe there, there is a God. I'm, I think I'm almost ready to believe that. So <laughs> I, it, it seems strange um, that that was a great discovery for him. But we praise the Lord, he's interested and pray that he'll get, get you know, make contact here. Amen. Praise the Lord for each one that has come and put in extra time helping with this project. Praise the Lord for that. We're making some real progress here. And uh, Brother George said, I can't come Saturday, but I could come Monday or Tuesday maybe. I said, come one, both, come all. We'll, we'll just make, we'll just use you whenever. Amen. And so praise the Lord for that. And uh, let's see. I think we got, oh, Paul. Amen. Praise the Lord. We can help others that have needs. Amen. Wow, it's quiet today. Anybody else? Brother George. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, okay.
Well, well just, just praise the Lord for this morning's message because it spoke to me, and I praise the Lord uh, just for grace. Um, been dealing with stuff, and, and God just sees me through it, and I just praise the Lord for that. Uh, he's good. God is always good. He can't be anything else. Just doesn't feel that way all the time, does it? But uh, the Lord is always good. What's that wrinkled brow for? Yeah, you. I don't know. Okay. All right. We abandoned you. Did you get my message? Okay. Don't mean to embarrass you. Miss Pam drove everybody over to the thing. She had to drive back from Manhattan. I snuck out early and took the train. I cheated. But... Uh, I couldn't stand to listen to one more out-of-tune violin. That was all I could handle. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have. I should have. Sorry about that. All right. Anybody else? All right. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for what you've done. Lord, we thank you for the answers to prayer that we've been able to share one with another. Thank you for the great attendance this morning, the work that's being done. Lord, we just uh, thank you for the good spirit in, in our church in spite of some of the difficulties that are just swirling around us. And Lord, we just thank you that we know that no matter what is happening, we can just simply trust you to get us through. And, and Lord, we can trust you to do what's in your best interest. Lord, we thank you that we do not have to be as so many who just try to uh, do the best they can, that we can simply know that we are doing as you would have us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Brother Franz, come and lead us. All right. Let's stand and turn to page 417. Beautiful hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. 417. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say.
And I publicly apologize for not coming and getting you out of the front row. Sorry about that. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to the book of James. The book of James, chapter 1. They had us, what, about three rows from the stage, and I saw that our seats were in the middle of the row, and so I just asked the usher and sat way in the back, like a good Baptist. And, uh, but uh, James, chapter 1... And uh, just with uh, everything happening and swirling around, I thought maybe it'd be a good time for us just to spend a little time dealing with a little word. Uh, and it's not a very little word, and its connotations and things are much larger than that. Attitude. Uh, every once in a while, I'll, I'll get a hold of one of my children. I said, it's not what you're doing. It's the attitude that's the problem. Now, how many of you remember when you were teenagers uh, that uh, your parents told you such a horrible thing? And uh, how many times do we find ourselves today as we're dealing with life and all of its problems, and, and we, we just look around and we say, you know, it's really not that bad, but it just feels that way. Has anybody ever had that happen? Okay. It, it all revolves around this little word called attitude. Now, we have to be careful. We are not positive thinkers around here, uh, unless it comes to the Word of God. I know positively the Word of God is true. Amen? And it says, men shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I'm positive about that. It's going to happen. We see it happening around us every day, do we not? Uh, just about every time I think it can't get any worse... Then we get a letter from the prophet Bud. Does anybody remember that? <laughs> and uh, uh, just about the t every, every so often I'll get an envelope and it will not have a return address and it'll have a uh, smeared up postmark on it. And I said, oh, here's another one of those loony toony kooky letters. And sure enough, it'll be page after page of Xeroxed handwritten information uh, telling me that uh, we need to repent and wake up, that the uh, organized church is dead. And, and uh, I just believe Jesus, amen. He said the church is still going to be here. It's not dead, uh, and it won't be until... Uh, and the church will never die. It says the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's just that Jesus is going to take us out of here one of these days, amen. And, uh, and we won't need Louis Farrakhan in the mothership or anything like that. We'll just wait on Jesus. Amen. And uh, in James chapter 1, let's just get into it here. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. And he says, hello. That's a good thing to do when you meet somebody, Right? But he doesn't waste very much time saying hello now, does he? He tells you who he is. Now, I like the old letters. Uh, the new letters, in, at least in, in America, when we write a letter today, you write, Dear so-and-so, you put the person's name at the front of the letter, and then you sign it at the very end. 
And so normally when I get a letter, if I don't recognize the handwriting or the, or the computer printing or whatever it happens to be, if I don't recognize the letterhead, first thing I do is I scan down to the end. Ah, Sung Young Moon. <laughs> Throw it away. Don't even have to read it. And, uh, but James puts his address, his name, right in the front. He says, I'm James. I'm a servant of God, and I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm writing to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. I'm, I'm writing to those people who are of Israel that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation. Now, that doesn't mean you're being tempted while you're diving. Amen. Uh, the word divers is the old English word uh, of what we get, the modern English word, diverse. It just means many-faceted. You know, uh, if you've ever been in a time of testing in your life, uh, the devil loves to be able to bring pressure from every, seemingly every direction on the compass all at the same time. I mean, it's this goes wrong and that goes wrong and this happens and that happens and this does and, and we just feel like we're hoarded in the Alamo and we're just waiting for Santa Ana to come in and do what he did to the guys that were left when the Alamo was over. And that wasn't a pleasant story. How many people know what happened? I mean, the guys that were inside, uh, they didn't survive the ordeal. And uh, history <clears throat> tells us that... Uh, there were some, uh, a few gentlemen that had made it through the battle. And uh, at the end of the battle, they were just simply murdered by the Spanish troops. Now, let me ask you a question. Has God ever left his children in the fort to let the devil attack and destroy you? Is that God's plan of attack? Is that God's battle plan? Is that how he wants us to serve him? He's abandoned us in the fort. No, Jesus said, Lo, I am with you, what? Always, even unto the end of the age, right? No, only if you got one of those new perversions. It's the end of the world, amen? Uh, Jesus, we've had many ages. I mean, we've had the industrial age. We have the information age. We're uh, going into the techno age, I guess. Uh but Jesus is going to be with us till the end of the world. As long as there's something to walk on, Jesus is going to be here. Amen. And we don't need to worry about him. And the best definition that I can give you of discouragement is the one that I borrowed from Brother Ray Nielsen. It's simply forgetting who God is. When you forget who God is, you're going to get discouraged. It's not possible for you to forget who God is and remain encouraged. Amen? And yet the writer of James, James, the writer of this book, whose name is James, sits here and he says, My brethren, when ye fall into divers' temptations, what are you supposed to do? It says, Count... Let me put my glasses on so I get it right. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I dare say there would be very few of us 
and I don't put myself in this number, that are good at counting all joy when we find ourselves being attacked from every side. We don't like that. We say, Lord, what are our first response is, Lord, why are you letting this happen to me? And, and, and James here says, listen, get excited. Count it all joy. You say, but why? That doesn't... Well, let's just look at the words here. Usually, Sunday night after the church service, I get a couple of them in, and we'll sit down and we'll count Sunday morning's offering. Now, Brother Ted did us a real service and, and drew us up a spreadsheet on Excel. And uh, guess what? We don't have to count anymore. All we have to do is put in the number of, of bills and type in the amount that's on the envelopes and the computer does all the adding. And, and it even double checks it for us. Uh, if you just fill in the whole form, you, you cannot make a mistake because here's what the problem is. If we write something down on this count sheet and keep a record of it, and then we go and we make a deposit at the bank, and the deposit slip at the bank doesn't match up what the count sheet says, you know what happened? We can't prove that somebody's not stealing money from the church. So we have people count it. We have a count sheet that's signed. Then... It gets counted again and deposited. Then the bank teller counts it again and makes sure and stamps it with that little stamp from the bank. And if anybody wants to know how that thing has happened, we say, now listen, we've got two signatures here on the count sheet. And I usually end up taking the deposits into the bank and then the teller counted it. That's what counting is. It's not, well, I'm not sure I feel good about this situation. That's not counting. Counting is one, two, three. That's counting. Uh, you say, you're being ridiculous. No, I'm, I'm trying to get the point across here. Is Counting is a logical process that takes what is there and, and reconciles it and makes a record of it. It is a legal and logical and, by the way, simple process here. There have been many times I've gone to the Lord in prayer and I said, Now, Lord, the Bible says that we're supposed to count it all joy. I don't feel very joyful right now, but it says that's the way I'm supposed to feel. So I need to tell these things called emotions to shut up and leave me alone and sit down and count out the fact that God is still working and get my focus on God and off of the things that are going on around me and by the way, every trial and every trouble and every problem that comes my way, look at verse 3. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now, we've often asked this question, how many of you like to be around patient people? Am I the only one in here? Come on, raise your hand. You like to be around... Have you ever been around a really patient person? I mean, they make you feel relaxed. They encourage you. They say, come on, I know you did it wrong this time, but you can do it again. Now let's get this thing right. And, and they teach. They have a teaching spirit. Patient people 
are just wonderful to be around. Now, how many of you like being patient? Not too many. Most of us don't like being patient. Now, I'm not going to accuse anybody raised their hand, but next time you have to wait in line, I'd like to be there and watch. I don't like to wait in line. I'm not patient when it comes to waiting in line. Uh, it seems whenever I go to our bank, we have this one teller. She can take longer to do less than anybody I know. I mean, somebody always has to come up and ask her a question. Her cell phone has to ring while I'm standing there. Uh, uh, there has to be something going on other than working at the bank. I've often wanted to ask her a question. I'm not telling you her name because I don't want you going and asking her a question. But I, I've often wanted to ask her, do you work at the bank or do you work for all these other people that come in here? Uh, because you're certainly not getting anything done here at the bank. I mean, she can take a half an hour to make four simple deposits. Now, they have another teller there. She... she I'm out of there in five minutes. If I get this other teller, I'm going to be there a half hour. I'm not very patient. I don't like that. In fact, while I'm standing in line, Lord, please don't make me go to this teller, please. And sure enough, that's where I end up. You know why? Because God says, you need some patience. But I don't like patience. I like to be around people that have it. But trying to get it is a whole different ballgame, isn't it? Because there's only one thing that brings... If you meet a patient person, you've met someone that suffered. Because that's the only way you get patience. And here's, here's what the Bible says. It says... Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Every bad thing. Now, please misunderstand, don't misunderstand here. This is not talking about sin in your life. God does not use your sin to give you patience. It says temptations, it says testings, it says trials. And God uses those problems that come up to give you patience. And it says, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, if you thought it was bad enough to get patience... I'm sorry to inform you, that's only step one. Amen? You've got to let patience do the work that only patience can do in your life. And that is where we become mature Christians. There's got to be that work. Tribulation, the trying and the testing of our faith. And by the way... One trial and one test, like the little cartoon, one of my favorite cartoons is, Lord, I need patience. The next little frame says, and I want it now. Doesn't work that way, does it? It says, God's got to put us through the pressure cooker. 
Nobody, it's not fun in there. Somebody sent me an email. It's one of those feel-good emails. You ever seen the, the story of the daughter that was having all kinds of problems and she went to her father and he got out carrots and eggs and coffee grinds. Anybody read this story? And uh, he proceeded to put three pots of water on to boil. And he put the carrots in one, the eggs in one, and the coffee in the other. And he let them cook until they were all through the process of cooking. And then he drained, strained the coffee off and filled the mugs and, and uh, set a bowl of carrots in front of her and a bowl of eggs and said, Now I want you to test these things. said, uh, Carrots went into the boiling water tough and hard. Now they're soft and squishy. He said, The eggs went into the, bo into the boiling water very fragile. And now they're hard. He said, but we put the coffee in the water and the coffee changed the water into something that's good. Now, doesn't that make you feel warm and gushy inside? Huh? How many... Nobody's ever read that but me? I've read that a dozen... Okay, okay. I, I knew I wasn't the only one that's seen that thing. It's been around longer than Noah and the Ark, I think. But... Uh, We have to understand something. God is going to use the testing times of our life to build us. It, you have to deal with pressure in this life. You cannot work any job. I mean, if, if, if we were going to just go right through and pick up everybody's jobs and just say, now listen, uh, what do you do for a living? I mean, Andrew, you're in school. Is there any pressure in school? More pressure than you would like, isn't there? Well, guess what? It only gets worse. How many remember the transition between high school and college? That great big textbook that took five days a week and a whole year to get through, the teacher slams it on the desk and says, we're going to be through this in six weeks. Says who? You didn't dare say that out loud or he'd throw you out of class. But you got through that big textbook in six weeks. And you remembered more in that six weeks than you did in a whole year in high school. Uh, we had I had one professor in Bible college. He was the funniest guy in the world. They had many semesters. You see, one credit hour in college is one hour per week for 18 weeks. Gives you one credit hour. Now, at BBC, they would take that and they did all the math perfectly here. And you would start at 7.30 in the morning and go till 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, I think it was 10 days, yes, 10 days, two weeks of doing that from 7.30 to 1 o'clock, you could get a three-hour class done in two weeks. I took Shakespeare that way. In two weeks, we went through three of the major plays, 
dozens of sonnets. I was speaking Shakespearean English in my dreams. But I got through and got those three credits. And the only thing I remember is Leon McDuff. Um, The pressure is up, my friends. Hmm. I think that's a piece of aluminum that flew off the roof last fall that's still blowing around in the neighbor's backyard over there. Uh, anyway, that's what it sounds like anyway. When the pressure gets up, you know, the Marines have a saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Well, no, God, God's not saying that. He's saying, listen, when the going gets tough, it's time to sit down and count it out and realize that God is giving you an opportunity to build strength and character and stamina in your life. Now, if you can get those things, it's called patience when it's all wrapped together. Amen? If you can get a little more patience, isn't that a wonderful thing? And God is saying uh, through James right here that the trials and the testing that you're going through is well worth it because of the patience that God will bring in your life. But that's only step one. Because once you get patience, you've got to let patience do its work. And that's what will mature you. And by the way, if you have any questions, we come down to verse 5. I just love the book of James and, and because you look here and, and it is just so practical. It says, if any of you lack wisdom. Now, why do you think he put that verse right in there, right at the end of count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing, if any man lack wisdom. He's saying, if you haven't gotten this thing figured out, it's because you don't have wisdom. If you can't sit down and count it all joy, and there's not a time in our life when we can... Uh, when when we all, first thing that happens when we fall into these troublesome times is we don't count it all joy. We say, Lord, what in the world am I going to do? The red flags ought to be waving in your heart. Stupid. Lack of wisdom here. You don't understand what's going on around you. You're not looking at God. You're looking at the problems. Red flags, danger zone, construction here. If you're not careful, you're going to lose control of the direction of your life. If any man lack wisdom, if you can't see it God's way, write it down to the fact that, hey, there's not enough wisdom up here to see things God's way. But if I'll ask God, He'll give me wisdom. But let's not ask faithlessly. You know how you ask something without faith? Well, God, if you really want to do it, maybe sort of kind of. I just don't know. I mean, there are times if you'll just sit there and examine your own heart, you'll find that 
you really don't want to count this situation joy. You're having too much fun being miserable. The Bible says count it all joy, and if you can't count it all joy, it's because you lack wisdom, and if you lack wisdom, go to God and get it, and he'll fix it so that you can count it all joy. Because God wants to make us perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And all God's people said, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night and we ask for wisdom. Lord, we cannot see your ways. We cannot understand them. We cannot see uh, the pressures around us. We just... Lord, we, we have this great desire to have these pressures removed from us, and that's not your design. We ask that we would be able to see these things, count it all joy, get to patience, and let patience do the work that you would have it to do in our hearts and lives. Lord, we're praying for growth spiritually in our own lives. For one purpose, that we may worship you, serve you, and live for you more. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And we just finish that prayer. Let's keep our heads bowed and eyes closed just for a moment. If you need to come and pray. It was really not the message I planned to preach tonight, but I just felt that's where we ought to go. And if the Lord blessed you with that message or helped you with that message, let's just take a few minutes and spend in prayer. You can pray at your seat. You can come down to the altar. We won't be long tonight, but if you need to come, now is the time.